You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I am doing quite fine, especially after last night when we basically swept the Oscars. Uh, We practically did sweep the Oscars. That was kind of amazing. I got a quick question for you, Jimmy. Are you happier that we set the record for most awards won in one award ceremony, or are you madder that Will Riker didn't win the Lou Groser Award? (laughs) I actually didn't expect Riker to win. Not because I was a uh, an expert on that Miami kicker, who's obviously a really good player, and I even understand he's a good pro prospect. So I just kind of didn't expect Riker to win. You know, with, with awards that are voted on like that by, by committees, I think having some level of preseason hype is important. And going into the season, frankly, no one in this country knew who Will Riker was because he missed all last year with the injury. So... I didn't expect Riker to win, so I wasn't upset about it for that reason. Yeah, um, I didn't expect him to win either. It doesn't mean it's right. I mean, he he hadn't missed a kick. <laughs> he was deserving. But when you get down to three, you know, 130 teams, five big conferences, five little conferences, you get down to the three best players at each position, and really all of them are deserving. Uh, Riker deserved to win. I suppose the Miami kid did too. Um, yeah. I mean, anyway, and, and uh, Pat Sertan not winning, I thought was a little bit, uh, a little bit iffy. But you know, I mean, fine. We that that is the life of an Alabama fan. We went, we set the record <laughs> for all these awards. We should be thrilled to death, and we're pissed that the kicker didn't take home a trophy. I mean, that's an Alabama <laughs> fan right there. If there ever was Sertan's going to take home Sertan's going to take home a big check in April. I'm sure that's a bigger deal to him you know I I think the knock on Sertan as far as winning that award if there's a knock on there's no question he's the most talented defensive back in the country that's why he's going to be drafted first but uh he didn't put up a lot of numbers reason being no one ever throws at him yeah I mean that's that's the the catch 22 right if they're throwing at you all the time and you've gotten a lot of interceptions you've probably also been toasted a lot <laughs> well, I think if Sertan, what Sertan needed to work on, and, and he was really getting better at this, and I wouldn't be surprised if he had a good game Monday. You know, when you get when you get to a certain level as a corner, just covering your covering your guys not good enough anymore for Sertan to have an impact on the game. He's got to squat more. He's got to set his guy up. He's got to make the quarterback believe that the guy he's covering is actually open. And uh, yeah. that's what Antonio Langham was so good at in his career, and it's what. It's kind of the next level for Sertan, and and he he had done it at times, and I'm sure it's something he's getting better at. But that's that's how you turn into an interception machine. Yep. Uh, so now, just if you're keeping score at home, that makes since 2008. Check out these numbers. And uh, Jimmy, are you are you are you were you transported back to Hurricane Katrina? What the hell? <laughs> Let me tell you, downtown, downtown Mobile is low-key the windiest place in the United States. It can get really windy downtown because of the – like, uh, You know what you're like? I just figured it out. 
you're like that the funny black dude from the police academy movies that did all the funky sounds with yeah. his mouth like yeah. every time we do a podcast you, there's some there's other sound. weird sound around you or emanating from you i mean it's it anyway um all right since 2008 Alabama's had three Heismans, three Bolitnikovs, three Vednerics, one Nagurski. By the way, did we have a lot of football players from Poland or something? Bolitnikov, Nagurski, Bednarik. Um, five Outland Trophies winners, one Davy O'Brien, two Remington, three Royals Awards, three Bretkus Awards, three Doak Walker Awards, three Walter Camp Awards, two Thorpe Awards, and a Maxwell. Pretty nuts. It's like going down the list of awards that was uh, won by Titanic or something in 1998. Yeah, or Ishtar with the Razzies, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Look up the Razzies, people. It's a real thing. Uh, Jimmy, before we go any further, let me tell everybody about betonline.ag. Big, big, big weekend coming up for sports. Um, if you want to bet on the Alabama Auburn basketball game, which apparently will be announced by Beth Mowens or Mowens or whatever it is, and Dan Dockich. Um, I, first of all, I implore you to turn on the radio and listen to uh, Brian Passink and Chris Stewart instead. But you may want to bet on that game. I'm not sure what the spread's going to be yet. I'm guessing it'll be close to a pick em. Maybe Bama a slight favorite just if, if Justin Powell isn't playing. But betonline.ag will have that spread for you. And then you can bet on all the NFL action this weekend, and there is a copious amount of NFL action this weekend for you to bet on. And, of course, the national championship game. They'll have all kind of prop bets for that. Going to be a ton of fun. Just sit back, make a bunch of cash. Using the promo code Locked On. you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Go to betonline.ag, ASAP, and use that promo code to get a 50% bonus. And then watch the money roll in as you decide – hey, I might do this professionally. I'm not advocating it. I'm just saying you may be that good at betting. So go to betonline.ag and try it out. Jimmy, um, we do have a big basketball game coming up, and I I really don't want to – I mean, it's kind of useless to preview a basketball game, especially this basketball game in the era of COVID and concussion because Javon Crinley is going to be out with COVID, allegedly, and Justin Powell for Auburn should be out with a concussion, allegedly, and Sharif Cooper should be out because he's been uh, not cleared by the NCAA. So, I mean, it's hard to really say to to, to preview this game. I think I'll just sit back and watch at 11 o'clock tomorrow. But instead – I kind of want to go a different route here just for a minute. We won't spend a lot of time on this. It'll be a short segment. Man, is Tennessee just – are they just determined to not ever be good again? <laughs> they can't get out of their own way. And, uh, you know, it's one of the things that's contributed to some extent to Alabama's success. I wouldn't say that Alabama's success in so way that you went over with all those, all those awards won is not entirely because Tennessee – has basically ceased fielding a competitive football program, uh, but it has been a factor because, trust me, in the 80s and 90s when Alabama was trying to win, it was tough because Tennessee was signing kids Alabama would have liked to have had. So that doesn't happen anymore. What a mess up there. I'm not sure how much of this mess was Jeremy Pruitt's making, but in the end, he's the one that pays for it. So I'll tell you this, my expectation, now how would I know, but my expectation is, as we record this, is that Jeremy Pruitt won't be the head coach there much longer. I think 
like anything else in the world, uh, if he was 10 and 2, coming off a 10 and 2 season, returning most of the starters, clearly a winner, they would be fighting to keep him. But he hasn't won enough to justify fighting to keep him. So I, I suspect that Jeremy Pruitt won't be the head coach there much longer. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think he's going to make it either. And I, boy, I mean, what direction are they going to go? Look, if you're, if you're going to fire him with calls because you're worried about the NCAA investigation, you can't just turn around and hire Hugh Freeze. So are they going to hire Gus Malzahn? That'd be kind of weird. And they might. <laughs> they might just because Gus Malzahn has had about as much success as anybody over Alabama. Now, it's not great success, but it's success relative to everybody else. And maybe they want to go that route. But my argument about the Gus Malzahn thing has always been, especially in the state of Alabama, Malzahn took the Iron Bowl much more seriously because more often than not, he had less to play for at the end of the season. But he knew, hey, if I just play hard against Alabama, people are going to be on my side and I'm not getting fired. So I've always said that, and maybe that's just me being an arrogant bammer. I don't know. Um, but I've always felt like he took the Iron Bowl more seriously, whereas Nick Saban looked at every game about the same. I mean, yeah, he he knows deep down his heart the national championship's bigger than a Vanderbilt game, but every week he approaches every game with the same type of intensity, and that's what's made him the best that's ever walked the sidelines. Yeah, if Tennessee uh... – Let's Jeremy Pruitt go. Just I'm just tell you what my personal expectation is based some on guess and based some on some level of scoop, I guess you'd say. But I, I don't believe it would be Hugh Freeze, regardless. Um, I think if Hugh Freeze was going to be an SEC football coach this year, he would have been at South Carolina or Auburn already. Um, I, I just don't think it'll be Hugh Freeze. I don't think it'll be Gus Malzahn. I think – they're, ha- they're going to go one of two routes. They're going to look at a group of five successful head coaches that they think might be ready to move up. Maybe a Billy Napier, maybe the cat at Coastal Carolina, uh, you know, which is sort of in Tennessee's neighborhood. Um, I think they may go that route. Or what I would suggest to them, it- it's a total roll of the dice, but it worked with Pete Carroll and it worked with Nick Saban. I would, uh, I would go to the NFL and build a program with the idea of we're going to turn Tennessee into the 33rd NFL team, which well, we're technically 34th behind Alabama. <laughs> I'd hire an NFL coach, largely an NFL staff, put an NFL offense and defense on the field and just recruit, recruit kids to that system with, with a, with a well-known NFL head coach. Uh, and tr- that, that's what, that's what I think they should do this late in the game, because I don't think they went into signing day. I don't think they went into the early signing period knowing they were going to make a change at head coach. They're going to have to make this up as they go along. I think that's the best plan when uh, when they have to call an audible here late in the process. Jimmy, let's go ahead and take another break, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute. All right, Jimmy, we got the game coming up on Monday. Um, I'm going. You're not. I'm a fan. You you barely I'm are. Not. I'm um, not. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're you're just a I may may not watch. I you're, think the Bachelor doesn't the Bachelor come on Monday night. You're a you're kind of a sidewalk alum. I mean you're not you, even though you went there, you're still a sidewalk. <laughs> somebody on uh yeah, exactly somebody on a message board one time. I think it was Tyler Insider about 
two years ago, kind of cracked some people up. <laughs> I don't post there as much as I as I once did, but I still read it all the time. Rodney Orr does a great job over there. And uh, I made a comment. I mean, every now and then I'll comment something that I know might be incorrect. And or, or I made some sort of football comment and, and a, a poster of whom I'd never seen or heard of before said uh, something like, uh, sir, you should watch the games because because he disagreed with what I said and told me <laughs> I should watch the games. <laughs> and I responded, I actually do watch the games. <laughs> For whatever reason, it cracked a lot of people up that, that knew me, you know, on the board. I mean, that, like, that is kind of funny. Trust me, uh, Jimmy watches the games. That is kind of funny. I mean, because I watch I know you, you're watching huddle tape of kids that that whose parents hadn't seen their huddle tape you're they're like that's that's little frankie you know and you're like yeah frankie's a three-star and he's uh no telling he could really blossom With my other job i actually edit huddle tape now yeah i've ever thought i actually edit the, the okay no jimmy you took it too far just yeah. like the way men always do you know um <laughs> i one up it it was steve harvey used to say, he said in one of his bits, men will lie when the truth will do. And you just lied. You don't edit shit. No, There's no way. I do. How can I, I get you on this podcast without contacting Congress directly? <laughs> you one need, of the reasons it's hard to get me on the podcast. You it's a need busy a editing team, tape. You need a team of mechanical engineers and computer nerds to get you on this podcast because you are still using a jitterbug phone. It's unbelievable. And you're going to tell these, this, this wonderful listening audience we have, you edit film. You can't rewind your VCR. It's uh, all, all basically true. It's much easier. than I thought I was given an excellent tutorial by my boss and uh, he sat down and I did it while he watched until, until I got it right. Really, really all it is, is, uh, um, what what I think is, if, if people want the inside baseballs, if they care about those highlight tapes are so valuable to getting kids' attention and offers. And what we try to do is put the, the highlight tape in an order that, that really matters. And by that, I mean, you know, the first play on the highlight tape has to be the best one. I mean, it has to be yeah. not the best play. People think, oh, the 75-yard touchdown. No, no, no. The play that clearly exhibits his his gifts, the physical gift. What what does this kid have that's special? Put that first. So each highlight tape is going to have about, you know, 60 or 75 plays on it. What we try to do is eliminate some plays that maybe shouldn't be on there. Uh, put the best one first. Put it in some sort of an order that would make sense to an evaluator. And uh, so really it's just shuffling the plays around. And while I can't believe, as I say it out loud, that's something I would be capable of doing. It's really, it, it really it wasn't nearly as hard as I thought it might be because each video is actually a picture and you're just shuffling the order of the pictures. You, you have a ghost editor 100%. <laughs> I haven't done it a lot now. I haven't done it a lot, but I do do it with, uh, as a matter of fact, I was working on one uh, just this morning actually for, for a few minutes. Um, and again, it's just getting the order. I can also shorten a play. Too many kids, and it's not the kids, sometimes they're kids, sometimes they're a high school coach. They'll have like on their highlight tape, the kid makes a good play, and then eight seconds of the tape is them walking back to the huddle. I'm like, yeah. um, we can uh, cut that out. <laughs> so let's let's cut out the stroll back to the huddle. We got to kind of keep this thing moving.
So stuff like that. Uh, Jimmy, Sean Wade has come out, uh, the cornerback for Ohio State, and said, you know who I want to guard on Monday night. Now, everybody assumes he means in a cocky manner, Devontae Smith. I'm going to assume he's a smart kid and means Slade Bolden. <laughs> Sean Wade, first of all, really talented player. Last year really struggled with staying or leaving to the point that it became a really public thing. Then when the Big Ten says they weren't playing, Sean Wade's dad is like the first parent in the whole conference to say, we're suing. And gosh, that kid just has a hard time staying off of the front page. Then he's, then he makes this comment that people construed as, as you know, basically daring Devontae Smith to even try to get open against him. That's the way I, t- that's the way I took it. And uh, the kid's a good player. He's probably going to be the third cornerback taken in this draft behind Sertan and Virginia Tech's Caleb Fairley, who sat out the whole season. Uh, I think Sean Wade will probably be the third cornerback taken in the draft. Very good. Alabama recruited the heck out of him. We, we tried very hard to sign him. Uh, good player, but, man, he uh, he's always in the news. Yeah, he is. And if he really did mean Devontae Smith, um, I did – one of the national locked on college football things um, here yesterday. And I said, look, I mean, I know a fist to Sean Wade. I think he's a good player. I think he's going to be a pro, but Devontae Smith has made defensive backs who are better than him look silly. So why, I mean, I don't understand the need for people to publicly poke a bear. You know, all you have to do is watch Devontae Smith. Um, in these award ceremonies. He's not jumping up and down like, hell yeah, I did it. Maxwell Trophy, y'all. No, that's not what he's doing. I mean, he's sitting there stoically like a well-programmed Saban bot doing exactly what a well-programmed Saban bot would do, which is to be thinking about, all I'm thinking about is getting out of this interview and going back to practice and honing my craft. That's what all he wants to do. He's not doing it to necessarily embarrass you. I think Jerry Judy loves to work out so that he hopes he can embarrass somebody. That seems like his motivation. Devontae Smith's motivation is to just be the best. And if you're in his way, that's unfortunate for you. Um, But he's not concerned about you. He's concerned about being the best. It's not about – he's not motivated by making other people look silly or motivated by awards. All that stuff – is secondary to the goal of being the best. And that's why he's a Saban bot. That is the Jonathan Allen school of being a Saban bot. Are you still there? Boy, I hit X. My, my ear hit mute. Um, and, and, and somehow I can How does your sound. ear hit mute? My ear, my ear hit the mute button. Well, I held the uh, phone. Never mind. Um, you held the phone it, with what? Uh, I lifted the phone up near the top of my ear to scratch the lower part of my ear. And when I did that, the upper part of my ear hit the mute button. Are you Tommy Tuberville? What the hell's going on? <laughs> uh, no, don't let's let's not invoke that name of this week of all weeks. That's that's true. Good point. Um, yeah, him and him and Brian. Well, he's 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 passed Brian Kelly. He's killed four people. To Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly's only killed one. Um, God. <laughs> Don't make uh, me don't make me edit. I wanna... <laughs> yeah, I, ironically, I don't know how to edit this show. But no, I was going to even say about the, the the other job again. 
is one of the evaluation things that we look at when we're evaluating quarterbacks is uh, an intangible, but instead of calling it intangibles, we like being more specific. And one of the intangibles that we use is we just call it love's ball, which means loving to play. I mean, because some kids just love it more than others. That's just a fact. Um, you know, we use one to 10, uh, you know, when we when we do these things. And Devontae on love's ball is like a 10 plus, 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 plus. That's what he loves to do. You can tell in every interview. Every interview, he wants to leave and just go catch balls on the jugs machine because it's what he loves to do. He loves to play. He loves to practice. He loves to, he loves to watch film. He just loves ball. That's why, uh, that's why we count it as one of our evaluation tools on our checkbox, and it's, it's because Devontae fits that to a T. He loves ball. Um, does the jugs machine sound a lot more fun than it really is? <laughs> I mean, what a great name. It is. What a I'm great so name for a machine. I mean, if you, if you're a coach and you're, you've got a receiver that's never heard of the jugs machine and you're like, uh, I've got to son, I want to show you how to catch balls better. And he goes, okay. And we're going to go practice on the jug machine. He's like, Oh hell yeah, we are. And you take him out of the practice field, and for the next hour and a half, you're firing footballs at 72 miles an hour at him. He's like, this is not exactly what I had in mind. You kind of picture it as being on the scouting report in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the 90s when someone went up to Hugh Hefner and said, tell me about your new find, Anna Nicole Smith. And he's like, she is a jugs machine. She's a product of the jugs machine. <laughs> she has been on the jugs machine for quite some time. Uh, okay. They should use that reference on that E show about the uh, plastic surgery show. Did they call it botched? I think where the two Beverly Hills plastic surgeons fix people's, uh, uh, appearances. (laughs) Some, some of whom have been in accidents and other people have had botched plastic surgeries, but they do a lot of, uh, they do a lot of, uh, enhancements and reductions on that show. (laughs) Man, I don't go tell you that show scares me to death because I'm going to tell you something. It's like once you cross that line, it's like once Michael Jackson's nose got so screwed up, there was no coming back. I mean, there's no nose transplant. And plus, even if you could do that, I don't want to be picking somebody else. No, it's like he went up there for a nose job and they accidentally stuck him in the jugs machine. (laughs) Well, that's the thing is like once you pass a certain point with that face, with your face, like any of these you know, real housewives shows, you know, the younger housewives are all pretty hot, but the older ones, I mean, their, their face is pulled back so tight. I mean, they've got to go behind their head to swab their ears. And so you, you wonder like, which is exactly how I just depressed the mute button with my ear. That's what happened. It's like, how, at what point do you think like this is going to lap over? Like, and plus here's the other thing, your face, even if your face was hot as hell, Mm -hmm. when you undress, everybody's going to be like, why do you look like Jennifer Aniston up top and B. Arthur down below? <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. That's what hell would be. That's, you know, that's the first thing. That's the first thing we're ever going to have to edit that did not have a dirty word in it. <laughs> All right. Well, Jimmy, hey, we you were- know, hey, I'm going to freak you out about that. Do you ever, I mean, I, I, my wife watches it quite a bit. I don't, I don't seek it out, but I have, watch quite a few episodes because because the wife enjoys it but do you know anything about the botched guys because if you don't i'll tell you something that will freak you out 
Yeah, I know a little bit, but I mean, I don't know what, whatever you're about to tell me is going to freak me out. <laughs> well, it just still boggles my mind even years later. Uh, you know the uh, heavy metal band Quiet Riot? Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Quiet Riot? The yes. singer from that band? Can you picture him in your head? Uh, yes. Yeah, one of the two doctors on there is his brother. Jesus, that is wild. Oh, you didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Guy's know. name is Kevin Dubrow. I think it's the name of the Quiet Riot singer who actually died of a drug overdose. But his brother is, is one of the surgeons on Botched. Yep. Wow. And Don't you're going to tell me he was in a college band called Loud Peaceful Assembly. <laughs> was I, the polar was, opposite of his brother. No, no. His garage band was called Jugs Machine. Oh God! All right, that's that is it. I am. I'm starting that. That that would be what a name for a band. Holy shit! That is you're dead on. We should start a band now with no musical talent whatsoever and use that as our name, and we'd make it big. And frankly, we wouldn't be the first. You? Why don't we just make a T-shirt with a picture of a jugs machine on it and just say jugs machine and just. People are, people people will get that. Our band would be so bad spinal tap would make fun of us. <laughs> spinal tap would be like, have you seen that documentary about jugs machine? Idiots. First Idiots. of all, it's not, it's not what you think. Secondly, um <laughs> Yeah. I was scrolling through and I saw a show called Jugs Machine and I watched that instead it was two old man dad bod idiots from Alabama who didn't even know what a bass was or how and to don't know how to play music. Um, they thought a kazoo belonged in a rock band. But no, here's the thing. If you had a documentary called Jugs Machine, people will will hate you at the end of it, but they'll watch to the end just in case there's a boob involved. And they're <laughs> the like I've watched this I've watched this long. Somebody's showing me a boob in here. But anyway. All right. The Nielsen's were fantastic in minute number one. <laughs> All right, buddy. We will uh, be back on Sunday oh, probably with some predictions yeah, and stuff. We got to do uh, predictions. You know, this is the first game. All you know, I've been pretty good with the predictions. I, I've I've nailed very few, but I've been in the ballpark on basically all of them. And oh, Ole Miss, I wasn't. But uh, I, I've flip flopped. This has been the first time I have flip flopped a few times this week, and uh, I'm not sure what I'm gonna land on at the end. I'm not sure. Still thinking about it. Melissa, we'll be on it on Monday. All right, buddy, roll tide. Roll tide.